Everywhere I look, all I see is examples of the base left. The Griff Report starts right now. Two, one, boom. Hotep Jesus. Of all the Jesuses I know, he's the Hotepiest. Social scientist and YouTube host, Hotep Jesus. How the fuck do you get a name like Hotep Jesus? The one and only Hotep Jesus. Ryan Sharp, better known to the world as Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. HotepJesus.com. Somebody said... What do you think you are? Some kind of Hotep Jesus? Ooh, and that's I was good. Just like, ooh, that's sexy. <laughs> yes, I do think I'm Hotep Jesus. What's up, Hoteps? Welcome to the Griff Report, live Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. I'm your host, the Griff God. Hotep Jesus? Hotep Jesus? Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus? Hotep, you're a genius. HotepJesus.com. Oh, this is a real Hotep, brother. Hotep to the chat. Hotep to the Hotep of Stannies. Hotep. What is this button? Oh. Alright. I forgot I had that there. Um Who's in the chat? Cassius Cam, what up, man? Who's in the base left? We're gonna get into that. Haram Life said he got his apex today. Lucky bastard. Salute, salute, salute. Shout out to Nerd Nash. Salute. Midwest Sep Anarch Cup. What up, y'all? As you already know, it's grifting season. It's grifting season. That means the grifties are here. Make sure you go get your tickets to the grifties, grifties.com. When you go to grifties.com, it is going to take you. You hit the buy, buy tickets. It's going to take you to uh, the Dojo of Comedy website, Tips Comedy Club. Uh, tipscomedy.com and then you can fill out the details there and say hey you know I want to buy 100 tickets you know whatever that is add the cart and then cash out um sorry I'm just looking at something there alright cool um so yeah make sure you get those tickets really looking forward this is our first attempt at a live award show the first three were done pre-recorded and edited, et cetera, et cetera. This is going to be the first live award show for the Grifties. This may or may not replace HotepCon, depending on how this goes and how much money we got left. <laughs> there may not be a HotepCon this year. So if you loved HotepCon, come to the Grifties. Uh, this may be our annual uh, fundraising event, if we even raise any funds. Uh, for Hotep Nation, a uh, nonprofit that specializes in assisting the homeschooling community. Also, don't forget, as you can see below me, Apex has just dropped. That's our testosterone support supplement. Go to menofwater.com. If you lose, you lose. If you use the link, or if you lose the link, you can check the description box below and use the link. In the description box below, it will apply 30% off your order. All right. Uh, Nerd Nash said we getting that MoFax on Thursday. Black Twitter report. How dare he come for the Black Twitter report? How dare he say that we are making fun of Black dysfunction? How dare he? How dare MoFax say the Black Twitter report highlights Black dysfunction? No, you know what it does, Mo. 
You know what it does, Mo? It brings us closer to a black audience. Nerd, you're a genius. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. We take the things that black Twitter is talking about, and it allows us to weigh in from a Hotep perspective. That is important. Zantoven said he's getting his today. Salute, salute, salute. So make sure you tune in Thursday. Hotel has been told you for the Black Twitter report and much, much more. All right, let's go to the bag. Wait, wrong screen. Here we go. Uh, the Destiny debate dropped. The Destiny debate with Ben Shapiro. Now, unfortunately, I don't want to play the video, but I think we have to because yesterday... We were talking about the woke right and Goldstein said, well, if the woke right exists, then it must be a based left. And um, we're going to get into some some examples of a based left. Now, I have not watched the Lex Friedman destiny debate. We're not going to watch all of it. I'm going to hand select a particular timestamp, jump right to that and uh, see if there's anything in here worth our time. Now, why I I do not want to cover grown ass man named Destiny. We're going to have to call him D. Pause. Um, Don't matter what you call this nigga. He's just pausable. We need another name for this nigga. We're going to call him based left because that's really what he is. He's like, you know, the closest you're going to get to an example of the based left. Right. I, I think. I think. And that's what we're going to, you know, take a look at today. And we got other examples. So let's go ahead. Let's pop this up and see. Is there anything in here worth our time? And can this cuck named Destiny represent the base left well? That's what we're going to see today. So let's go to the screen share. We're going to go to the timestamp on wokeism. Let's see what they say about wokeism. Kind of crazy that's a timestamp, but let's go to it. Well, recently in the news, the presidents of Harvard, Penn, and MIT failed to fully denounce calls for genocide. And that rose questions about the influence of DEI programs at universities. And so maybe either looking at this or zooming out more broadly at identity politics at universities or identity politics, wokeism in our culture, how big of a threat is it to our culture, to Western civilization? So obviously I'm going to say it's a huge threat. Um, the reason that I think this is a huge threat, I want to give a definition of wokeism because people are very often accused of not using wokeism properly or believing that it's sort of a catch-all phrase. I don't think it's a catch-all term. Uh, I think that wokeism has its roots in... Hold on, hold on. I just... His voice, man, his voice. I have to, like, recalibrate myself to listen to him speak because his voice really bothers me. I don't know why. There's something with the, um, the, I don't know, the tone, the, the hurts. I don't know what's going on with his voice, but that shit is really fucking annoying. I have to build my patience up, you know, and, um. You know, I lost my patience with MoFax this week, last week, 
And I'm about to lose my patience with Ben Shapiro and he even say shit yet. Something you got to know about me is I don't have patience. I can I can pretend to have patience, but I don't have any patience. I have patience when it demands, right? Like when it's important, I can have patience. I can I can practice patience. But for the most part, stupid shit and gay shit annoys me. All right, let's try this again. Postmodernism, which essentially suggests that every principle is a reflection of underlying structures of power and that therefore any in a so he's attempting to define wokeism as every problem comes from the power structure quality that emerges under such a system is a reflection again of that structure of power that used to be applied in sort of marxist ways the suggestion being that economic inequality was okay see that this is what i'm talking about and I've said this before. Why are we using the term wokeism when it's really Marxism? So this is how the right becomes the woke right. Because instead of you using the technical term, what you do is you use another term so people don't learn and really get closer to the truth. So now you have to you cannot define wokeism without using the term Marx. Why not just call it Marxism? Why not just call it cultural Marxism? Call it what it is. It's the result of misallocation of power in the structure preserved by a, an upper crust of people who wanted to cram down exploitation on people. That was sort of the Marxist version of postmodernism. And that got transmuted into sort of a racial version of postmodernism in which the systems of the United States are white supremacist in orientation uh, and are perpetuated by a group of people who are, in fact, in favor of the preservation of white power and white supremacy. That is the generalized theory of critical race theory, uh, as proposed by, for example, Gene Stefanczyk and Richard Delgado in, in their book on uh, critical race theory. That has taken a softer form that we refer to as DEI. The key in DEI is the E, meaning equity. So equity is a term that does not mean equality. People mix it up. Equality is the idea that we all ought to have equal rights, that we all ought to be treated equally by the law. Equity is the idea that if there is an inequality that emerges from any system, it is therefore due to discrimination. And the best way to tell whether somebody has been victimized is by dint of their race. And we can tell whether you're a member of an oppressed group or an oppressor group. See, he already wrong. He's already wrong. And, and this is the, the issue when you listen to these pseudo intellectuals, as they say on the uh, in the conscious community, pseudo intellectuals. He points to DEI as race. And we covered this yesterday with Matt Christensen. And it seems like all of the white intellectuals defer. And again, this goes back to the PSYOP. It comes back to the PSYOP that the right is co-opted. Intellectually, they are co-opted. What up, Donde? Intellectually, they are co-opted. Co-opted to bring about racial tension. These are race hustlers. Uncle Hotep says, call them what they are last night. If you didn't get the episode, patreon.com slash Hotep then told you, get that extra episode. But these are race hustlers. So, to them, when they see DEI, they think, oh, this is for black people. Now, when I spoke to Matt Christensen yesterday, 
we both came to the agreement that this has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with political ideology because Ben Carson does not fit the mold of a DEI hire. Uh, Hotep Jesus does not fit the mold of a DEI hire. Goldstein would not pass the test for a DEI hire. In order for you to fit inside the mold, uh, mold of DEI, first and foremost, you must not speak against Marxism and anything that comes or, or closely related to that, which means you must be a leftist Democrat or be silent. Or be silent. Because as Matt illustrated in our conversation yesterday, he said, well, in order for them to find out you know, you're conservative, you'd have to outwardly speak your opinion. And this is what power does. When you're free, you speak your mind. When you're not free, you're silenced. It's another form of slavery. Let's call it oral slavery. Pause. Right. Auditory slavery. We are silenced because you know that if you speak up. You will not be the DEI hire. So you're either silent or you're conservative and you do not meet the requirements of DEI. Now, silence, again, is a form of control. Basically saying you better not speak against our politics because you will lose your job. Is that DEI? Is that equity? Is that inclusion? No, it's not. So they want diversity, but not diversity of thought. The most important thing that matters. How do people think? So they don't want diversity of they don't even want diversity of skin color. What this has nothing to do with diversity. This has everything to do with um, groupthink. Um, it's 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 mono. I want to say theism, but it's like a mono ideology where you must conform to this singular ideology, otherwise you're out, right? Now, DEI, first and foremost, is giving preferential treatment to the rainbow. Rainbow and women, you know, you got to remember the people that run HR in this country are women, white women. So who's going to benefit the most from DEI? Just like affirmative action is going to be white women. And then. Either Ben Shapiro is a bold-faced liar, an agent, or just doesn't know any better when he thinks this thing is about race. Race. And the left is clever because they'll show you images of black people. Let's go to let's go to let's go to let's go to the tape. Um what airline was this? Let me try to find this. And I'm gonna show you exactly what I mean. Um, I think it was Virgin Airlines. Was it them? No, I'm sorry. It was United. I think it was United Airlines. Um, they had a commercial. Where is it? Is this it? No. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Anybody got that gay commercial from United? Send me the link. Tag me in it. 
I didn't save it because it's like super gay. Um, this no, this is oh, that was the the CEO. Somebody find a video and tag me in it. You guys know it was like a gay airline ad. Was it Virgin too? I thought it was Virgin Air. Yeah. I thought it was Virgin Air that did the commercial. Um, somebody find me that that Hold on. Virgin Atlantic, I think the name of the company is. And um here we go. Here we go. So let's go right here. This it? Let's want to make sure it's the right one. Changing the world myself, a non-binary. Look at this. This isn't the commercial I look for. This is actually something different. But but if you look, I want to show you what DEI actually means. Let's just look at this right here. I wanted to be involved in this campaign to affect change in this world. I have a See the first person they put on your screen is the LGBTQ ally, right? Trans non-binary child, so for me, changing the world is my job as a mom and as a friend and an ally. I feel fabulous white women, but white women specifically LGBTQ ally, specifically. So this is an ideology thing. Fearless, fierce and ferocious. When I I'm ready to take flight. If this is about black people, and why is the black man not out front? Why is the white woman forward facing? And an ally. I feel fabulous, fierce. Look at the image right here. See the black man over here in the cut? See the black man over here in the cut? It's about white women. This is about white women. He'll tell you it's about race. And ferocious. When I am ready to take flight. Be yourself campaign means absolutely everything to me. Look at this. You got one of these, I don't know what the fuck you call this, non-binary. I get to be myself, a non-binary person. I have the choice of the uniform, which is a massively big thing. It's so important. Look at the black man. Look at the black man. You see the black man that they want? Do you see it here? This is the black man that they want. It's not about race. The woke right will tell you this is about race so they can be race hustlers. But it's not about race. This is about a feminization of men, period, across all races. This policy allows everyone to have a seat at the table. It's not taken away from... See who they got talking? Tyrese, non-binary. From anyone, it's just allowing everyone from the community to just have a voice. It's not about canceling people. It's not about removing women or removing men. It's G-people. just about more inclusive language. My pronouns are... To fit any pronouns, she, her, they, them. I feel great. I don't lie. I feel very swell. I'll put it on. I said... Yeah, it just feels very much like me, like I feel very affirmed in, in, in this. Like, yeah, I just feel like myself. I love it. Let the black man speak. We are clean and we are 
oppressed and we are looking the way we're supposed to look, then why aren't we Where's able the black, to let the black man identify? And that's what's so beautiful about Virgin Atlantic. And commercial. And commercial. Can you show me where the black male representation was? Let's go back. So now let's go back to your boy, to your favorite, Ben Chaparro. On wokeism. Failed to fully denounce calls for genocide. And that rose questions about the influence of DEI programs at universities. And so maybe either looking at this or zooming that every principle is a reflection of underlying structures of power and that therefore any inequality that emerges under such a system is a reflection, again, of that structure of power that used to be applied in sort of Marxist ways. The suggestion being that economic inequality was the result of misallocation of power in the structure preserved by now again marx is correct on his assessment of the problem economic problems are wholly a concern by the central bank <laughs> now his application of the solutions are a whole nother story a, a an upper crust of people who wanted to cram down exploitation on people that was sort of the marxist version of postmodernism, and that got transmuted into sort of a racial version of you see he says racial postmodernism in which the systems of the United States are white supremacist in orientation uh, and are perpetuated by a group of people who are in fact in favor of the preservation of white power and white supremacy. That is the generalized theory of critical race theory uh, as proposed by, for example, Gene Stefanczyk and Richard Delgado in, in their book on uh, critical race theory. That has taken a softer form that we refer to as DEI. The key in DEI is the E, meaning equity. So equity is a term that does not mean equality. People mix it up. Equality is the idea that we all ought to have equal rights, that we all ought to be treated equally by the law. Equity is the idea that if there is an inequality that emerges from any system, it is therefore due to discrimination. And the best way to tell whether somebody has been victimized is by dint of their race. And we can tell whether you're a member of an oppressed group or an oppressor group by the intersectional identity that you carry and by the nature of your group's success or failure predominantly along economic and power lines in American life. This means that if one group is predominantly successful economically, they must be a member of the victimizing class. And the only corrective for that would be, as Ibram X. Kennedy likes to suggest, uh, effectively answer. You see how he deflects to the race hustlers? Like race hustlers are always going to deflect to their counterpart. So if you're a right wing race hustler, you'll defle de uh, deflect to or defect to Ibram X. Kennedy. How many times have I even mentioned the name Ibram X. Kendi on this channel? He's irrelevant. Like, he has no pull in the community. You ask your average nigga in the, in the streets who Ibram X. Kendi, they don't know who he is. That's like a, a internet thing. Anti-racist policy is racism in the service of destroying racism. Uh, that you're going to have... So, again, DEI, in his mind, is about racism. He doesn't see what's actually going on out here. To, that you're going to have to, you know, discriminate on the basis of race in order to correct for discrimination that's baked into the system. That's incredibly dangerous. It leads to a victim. So he's telling you one version of DEI. Meanwhile, when you go watch the Virgin Atlantic video, they're showing you another version of DEI, which has nothing to do with race, has everything to do with 
gender ideology. But race hustlers got a race hustler. Race hustlers got a race hustle. Victim victimizer narrative that is unhealthy for individuals and terrible for societies. It relieves people of individual responsibility and it destroys the very notion of an objective metric by which we can decide meritocracy. And meritocracy is the only system human beings have ever devised that has positive externalities in literally any area of life. Every other distribution of wealth, power, done along other lines that is not having to do with merit has negative externalities. Every system having to do with merit has positive externalities because presumably the most effective and useful people are going to succeed under those systems. That's the very basis of a meritocracy. And the externalities of that mean that other people benefit from the meritorious and excellent performance of those people. Maybe it would be good to get your comment. So he goes into the concept of wokeism, defines it, defines it. And not once does he mention gender ideology. Not once. Meanwhile, DEI is all about gender ideology and not about being black. I wish all the black people were as smart as Hotep Jesus. And I wish all the white people were as smart as Hotep Jesus. And I wish all the Hispanics were as smart as Hotep Jesus. Because that guy, he, he really gets it. He knows how to boil it down. Terrible. You're all stomping ground Harvard. Do you think the president of Harvard should have been fired? I mean, I think. What do you say, baby? I'm streaming right now. I'm streaming, okay? You got to be quiet, okay, baby? Okay. She should have been fired not over the plagiarism allegations. I think she should have been fired based on her performance just at that. So then we defer to Claudine Gay and the plagiarism. Harvard plagiarism. So still. On this show, we race hustling. Meanwhile, DEI is about gender ideology. Congressional hearing. Uh, if, if And this is why I can't watch these debates, because I don't learn nothing. I, I do more. I have to do more teaching than I do learning. That's why I can't watch these debates and these shows from these pseudo intellectuals, because all they're doing is preaching false doctrine. The word black had been substituted for Jew in, in, in that statement by Elise Stefanik that she was or asking trans. about or trans or, or literally any other any other minority in America, maybe with the exception of Asian, uh, then the answer would have been very different coming from Claudine Gay. You know, with that said, I don't think the firing of Claudine Gay really accomplishes very much. Meaning, I'm, I'm, uh, did she get what she deserved? Sure. D does that mean that the underlying DEI equity-based system has been in any way severely damaged? No, I think that this is a way for universities, it's true for Liz McGill Penn also, to basically throw somebody overboard as the as the sacrifice to, to maintain the underlying system that, that continues to predominate at American universities where they spend literally billions of dollars every year on DEI initiatives and diversity hires and diversity administrators and, and all of this. I mean one of the costs of education escalating is in the massive administrative function that, that is now undertaken by universities as opposed to teaching and, and you know cost of dorms and such. You guys probably agree on a lot of this, right? Kind of, maybe yeah. Um I, I don't know I don't know what makes things do this, but it feels like we can never like have a good thing and then have it end as a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, things always get taken to their uh, extreme, and then we have to fight on those extremes. Like I would argue that 
back in my day, we called it SJW, social justice warriors, before it became woke, um, I think <laughs> like 2013 onwards, or whatever. Like there are aspects to wokeism that I think are good. Like I like the additional representation that we have in media now. I like how as much as people complain about the internet and how it's regulated, that there are way more groups that are represented on the internet, whether we're talking uh, X, the platform form formerly known as Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Um, I think in some ways, or whether we're pushing, uh, you know, like women's achievements in school and in, in, um, in the wider workforce, I think that these are all good things. See, you heard what he said? He said women. Now, Destiny's on the left. He said women. He ain't mentioned black people. He said women. The issue that you run into is people don't ever have a stopping point. And I think people kind of get lost in this woke for woke sake thing, where we start to see these very weird warpings of these like academic, I guess, arguments that are used for really horrible things. Uh, so, for instance, I think that you can talk about in the United States things like white supremacy or uh, things like um, oppression or certain demographics, especially with like Jim Crow laws and pre-Jim Crow. And you can even talk about effects from that. But then when you run into this weird world where we've kind of warped these things so that like not only is white supremacy still as present today as it ever has been, well, actually, uh, black people and other minorities can't even be racist. They don't have the power to because we're going to use a different definition of racism. And we can only talk about punching up as opposed to punching down. Uh, and then we're actually going to say it's totally OK for these people to say or do whatever they want. And it's never bad. But like white people who have always been the oppressors, even if you're like a trailer park guy whose family's addicted to meth, you know, you have all this privilege, et cetera, et cetera. I think that you run into these issues where wokeism, it starts off as like a really good idea. And I would argue has achieved really good things, especially in regards to like women's education and everything. And then it you heard what he said. It's achieved a lot, especially in regard to women's education. He's mentioned women twice. Twice. Ben's race hustling and Destiny's telling you the truth. Lil D, that's what we're gonna call him, Lil D. Lil D, pause, is talking about women. He mentioned it twice. Twice. It's about gender ideology. DEI is about gender ideology. It has nothing to do with black people. We are the scapegoats. Every time white people find something to argue about, they gotta throw niggas in the mix. Let's find a way to blame this on blackie. Can y'all argue amongst yourselves and leave black people out of this? That's all I ask. Argue about your little gay shit and your women and your feminism, all that shit, and leave us out of it. If the left don't throw us in it, the right gonna throw us in it. So Destiny don't throw black people in it, but Ben Shapiro does. This shit is crazy, bro. It just gets so academia eyes so there's a word there academic whatever where you take something and you put it in a school too much and then it comes out of some frankenstein you know cancer baby of like horrible things such that today when i'm reading stuff and i know ben is the same way like if i even hear somebody say the word like anti-racism i'm probably ignoring every other thing you have to say uh if you utter the word like colonial anything i'm probably going to say you probably don't have anything uh good to say um yeah a lot of it is just taken way too far but you know what i will blame on some of this is i that's an example of the base left right there. We'll blame conservatives for some of this, because I think one issue that happened. Uh-oh. Talk your shit, little D. And I think Ben might even agree with me here, too, is I think th there there's two huge problems that have happened in the United States, I think, broadly speaking, is that one, we become more different than we ever have been. And two, we become more similar than we ever have been. And when I say this, what I mean is that like we're splitting off into these groups and then these groups are enforcing this insane homogeneity between these two separate groups. And I think one of these schisms has been conservatives reluctancy to participate in things related to higher uh, education. Uh, so for a long time, conservatives are saying like, oh, you know, the education 
educational institutions are against us. You know, Rush Limbaugh talks about how evil the colleges are and blah, blah, blah. And then what happens is as conservatives are less and less willing to engage in them. So then you get this scenario or this environment where everybody that's engaged in uh, academia on the administrative side are are fucking insane. <laughs> They're very like even more so to and I also want to draw a distinction between like the uh, the administrators and the faculty, because oftentimes when you're reading story after story after story of like all of these insane admins that are pushing further and further left, usually the faculty is fighting against it. A lot of the tenured professors, a lot of people in their departments are saying, like, hold on, well, we actually don't agree with this. But I feel like because conservatives for so long have demonized these institutions rather than like base left, base left, conservatives don't participate. They just complain critically evaluated them uh, and, and tried to like have like honest critique and engagement that they've just like completely broken off. And when you only have a bunch of lefties or righties together, all they'll do is they'll veer off like even more uh, into their insane directions. Uh, I feel like that's a big problem that we run into in the country to where conservatives have totally broken off some conversations, broken away from where they won't participate in them anymore. And then the people that you have left just run as, as far to the left as possible. Well, certainly when you look at certain institutions, I think that one of the things that people on both sides of the aisle are constantly looking at is has the institution suffered such capture that there is just no? All right, let's go to the next thing. We got more examples. If we if we still have time, we'll we'll revisit this. But I've, my point has been made. My point has been made. Uh, ben Chaparro is is getting his ass handed to him by Lil D. Lil D is winning this debate so far, if you ask me. At least that portion, the woke isn't portion. Lil D won it, and I'm saying that because. Um, Lil Ben, Lil Ben and Lil D, because Lil Ben is wrong about wokeism and Lil D is right. He's absolutely right about what's going on with wokeism. Let's go here. This clip we've been um, postponing for some time now, but today is all about the base left. Let's see what's going on in the base left. We have um, Charlemagne. I have the privilege, man, of, uh, you know, doing morning radio and speaking to, you know, working class people every single day. I have the privilege of, you know, being involved in my community from, you know, New York to New Jersey to South Carolina, where I get to look people in the eyes and have, you know, real conversations, you know, with them. And you know what you did with that last election, Charlemagne? You, uh, you and your team. Maybe your higher ups, your handlers. I'm not sure who did this, Charlemagne, but you had a complete media blackout on real black conservative voices. You didn't have the real people up. You didn't have Sonny Johnson up there. You didn't have Hotep Jesus up there. There's a bunch of voices you did not have up there, real conservative black voices. You didn't have a, a second opinion on the jab. You didn't have a second opinion on the White House. Now, what do you have to say for yourself? And, you know, people are really concerned about this issue. Like, I've, I've, I honestly have never. And, and you know what? I'm not even mad at Charlemagne because I know the game he's playing. Right. And the game he's playing is basically um, it's a selfish game. Right. It's basically saying I'm putting myself above all of this shit. And I never fault anybody really for doing that. I'm going to call it out. But I never really fault anybody for doing it. And basically what he's saying is. He knew Biden was not the right option. However, he also knew that his popularity would diminish if he told people the truth. Um, he might have been fired. Uh, he might lose sponsorships. And he's basically saying, look, 
I'm going to go along with the narrative because that's what people need to hear. Now it's safe to talk about Trump. Now I'll come out because of the timing, you know. Um, but again, just thinking about himself. And I'm not mad at that. Like I said, I'm not mad at him because I know the game he's playing. Never spoken to as many people who are concerned about the migrant issue. I just, I just prefer not to get my power like that. I prefer to take like a, a longer period of trajectory and never have to placate to someone else's agenda than take these shortcuts and be silenced and go along with concepts and ideas that kill people. Issue as I have, you know, o over the past year. And I mean, I've heard everything from, you know, uh, uh, the gang MS-13, you know, uh, overrunning neighborhoods. I've heard, um, you know, what we saw just happened in New York City where the migrants, they took 2,000 migrants and, and, and put them in the school and made the school stay home, made the, the students stay home. And what did when Trump campaign, y'all called him xenophobic. Let's see if we can find that. Racism, bigotry, and fascism. Let me see if we can find. Um, let me fix this so you guys can see me searching. I'm sorry. Racist. I remember I learned this word xenophobic. Um, from, I believe it was Ice-T's book. Yeah, see here? No, this is, no, that's the king, Charlemagne. Mm, let me try. Um, systemic racism. Like, if we, like, you could put together a whole documentary on the before and now just of Charlemagne's coverage of Trump. Probably put together a nice 15 minute clip. Anyway, let's go back. I'm not gonna see it all here. Wait, wait, no, they're trying to look for and, this. And uh, you know, do school via, via via Zoom. And that was a big issue. Like, I mean, people were calling the radio station, that was just this week, you know, really, really, really complaining about that. So I've never seen, you know, Working class people who I interact with every day until this past year really, really, really express their frustration for the migrants. And it's not even just the people like you see politicians who once, you know, championed having the migrants in the city like the mayor, Eric Adams of New York. Now they're like, yo, hold up. This is this is too much. You know, we've heard Vice President Kamala Harris say, hey, don't come like we've 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 seen that. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a real, 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 you know, uh, real big issue and you know immigration something like immigration will never be resolved because of the filibuster like the only things that pass are issues where they remove the filibuster so you would need republicans and democrats to come together and create some comprehensive immigration reform but you know for, for whatever reason they don't seem to be able to do that
Of course, he's the president of the United States of America. If he can take credit for the, for the, for the good things that happen in this country, he has to take credit for the bad as well, because those things happen on, on his watch, you know? And I'm telling you, people are going to go to those sound bites, and they're going to go to those sound bites where they saw, you know, uh, the President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris and Mayor Eric Adams and all of these other, you know, liberals and Democrats. They're going to go to those sound bites of them welcoming them, welcome them, welcoming them into sanctuary cities. And I mean, you know, when uh, Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott pulled that stunt where they were, you know, shipping migrants to these sanctuary cities, you know, dropping them off, you know, right in front of, you know, the Vice President's house. You know, as as cruel as that was, as inhumane as that was, it, it it was effective. Clearly, it was effective. You know, because it made a lot of those Democrats start singing a different tune. And I mean, the voters see that. You know, the voters see that. And so, what does that look like to the voter? Just on the surface, just on the surface, it looks like Republicans were right about the issue and Democrats got it wrong. And now, a lot of Democrats. So basically, Hotel has been told you. Democrats are starting to sound like the Republicans sounded. So it makes a lot of people say, well, damn. Uh-oh. What'd he say? Democrats are starting to sound like the Republicans sounded. So about the issue, and Democrats got it wrong. And now now a lot of Democrats are starting to sound like I got it wrong. And now Democrats are starting to sound like the Republicans sound. Democrats are starting to sound like the Republicans Democrats are starting to sound like the Republicans sound. Base left. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Base left. So it makes a lot of people say, well, damn, Republicans were were actually right on that issue. Just uh, just on the surface, just uh, just plain on the surface, that's how it looks, you know, to the average voter. <laughs> but the grift... The grift was too hard to turn down. And you know, the thing is about Charlemagne is he could have come out and shown support for Trump and still kept his job, kept his sponsors, kept his popularity. It's just that it would have taken too much work because there's have to, you have to be clever about how you deal with what's politically correct and what's not politically correct. You, there would take some, some finessing. And uh, frankly, he was just too lazy. He was just too lazy. Um, as some of you already know, uh, Davos, Davos said Trump is the president, right? That's what, according to uh, George Soros's son, Alexander Soros, baby Soros, baby Soros said, uh, and Davos, Trump is already president. And then he goes on to say that Davos is usually wrong, so that's a good thing, so Trump won't be president. So he's trying to play like a little mind game there on people. But Davos um, has said that Trump will be president. Let's go to the next clip. We got a couple of clips here. Hold on. I'm going to save that one. I want to go right here. I want to go. I want to show you this video. Let's, let's go right here. We're making good time today, too. If you want to get on the phone lines, text Hotep and your name to 202-596-5631, 202-596-5631. The caption on this video says, I am a black woman in America. You calling me an anti-Semite, it don't hit. It just don't fucking hit. Now, again, 
And we're talking about DEI. Look at her shirt. You'll see. Let me make it bigger for you. Pause. Her shirt here. You'll see it has the revolutionary fist and the uh, rainbow colors because you can't even be pro-black and not be pro-rainbow now. And that's why I said the rainbow ideology has taken the place of race ideology on the left. They've, they've completely replaced uh, the concept of black power, black lives matter with, well, none of that matters unless you support and affirm the gender ideology, right? So there's a hierarchy to it. So what many of the university educated black females will say is you can't be pro-black unless you're pro-rainbow, which means that there's a hierarchy, which means first and foremost comes the rainbow, then blackness. Let's go to the tape, which goes back to what DEI is. DEI, same thing. Do you pass the gender ideology test? Okay, if you pass that, now we'll recognize your race. But first and foremost, you know, you got to be ready to wear a dress, black man. I'm a black woman in America. Calling me an anti-Semite, it don't fucking hit. It does not hit. Young uh, another example of the base left. Shout out to Goldstein. Shout out to Goldstein for coining the term base left. Always give credit where credit's due. Try it if you want to, but it doesn't hit. Because if you can look at my face, look me dead ass in my motherfucking eyes. And this is what I was saying to Goldstein yesterday when he brought up the base left. I said, the base left is kind of always going to be a thing, right? Like, basically what Goldstein did was he gave it a name. But the left is so intersectioned, it's so divided that at some point, groups are going to clash. Like, there's just so much hypocrisy that at some point, that hypocrisy is going to create clashes between the groups. And that's what we're seeing here. And look past all the fucking parallels between what this country has done to my people. Mine. You don't see the parallels between what this country and Israel is doing. Hold on. I got to get this tweet off. Sorry. To the people of Gaza, Congo, Sudan, if you can look at my face and look past my history and what you arrive at is anti-Semite, then I guess you reached your motherfucking destination. I guess you did. Because I don't give a fuck what you call me. Damn. Free Palestine until it's motherfucking backwards. <laughs> says this black woman in America. Uh, yeah. So this is that um the intersection of 
I just mentioned being precise, so let's be precise. This is the intersection of black struggle and Palestinian struggle. Um, within the Palestinian struggle, um, black, what do we call them? Uh, SJWs is, is a fairly decent term. Black SJWs in that see themselves. Uh, they also see it as um, a new thing to care about, which then becomes a grift, a trend, the latest new toy. Now, I don't understand this lady's intentions. She may or may not be grifting. She's opened up the camera, so by default, she's grifting. Um, but she may not be a malicious grifter. But what I do understand is that her mind is colonized. You you care about the Palestinian people, which you probably should not. As a humanitarian, I can understand, right? Like somebody says, you know, I don't want people to die and, you know, I want the best for people. I can understand from a humanitarian standpoint. But did you talk about Palestine 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Because this war in Palestine has been going on since Jesus was a baby, you know? And it's like, so you just picked this thing up because you just found out about it, right? Anyway, let's get to the let's get to the real meat of the matter. Pause. Jews. Jews and anti-Semitism. Uh, we know that. Actually, let's pull this up. Let's go. Let's go straight here. Hold on. Let's go to Linda Yacharino. And uh, we'll show you racial DEI. Right? So right here, you see. He says here, our mandated X is clear. We must protect free speech, safeguard information independence, uh, safeguard information independence while tackling anti-Semitism and hate speech, right? This is DEI. This is, this is, this is what you call the woke right. Like Ben Shapiro supporting things like this. This is a woke right because they're basically making, um, special treatment for the Jews. It just is what it is, right? Whether you agree or not, they're making special rules for the Jews, now, if this would have said black people, the right would have lost their mind. Now, there are some people on the right that are pushing back against this. Right. You know, you got your white identitarians here like uh, Andrew Torba and Jake Shields, uh, who I much prefer over the uh, Ben Shapiro types, um, especially uh, Andrew Torba, because he actually is building something. Um, the libertarians you'll see pushing uh, against this as well. Because the libertarians are very much, you know, cut down the, the middle. Um, so there's going to be some pushback on this, right? But my issue is Ben Chaparro, Lil Ben, right? Lil Ben going to talk all his DEI, but when it comes to his people, DEI is okay. This is the hypocrisy of the matter. This is why intersectionality leads to hypocrisy or hypocrisy leads to conflicts between intersections. Okay, so um, where was I going with this? Hold on, we, we had the uh, black. Oh, okay. So when you deal in in black people and Jews, it's much different conversation because we go, oh, they had a struggle. Yeah, I had one too. Big whoop. And so it to black people, it's like. 
it's like a, a, a net zero. It, it's just a net zero. It, it, it just they just cancel each other out. You can't call me anti-Semitic, and I can't call you racist because we both had a severe struggle. You know what I'm saying? Um, only difference is Jews are higher on the food chain than black people are, right? For whatever reason that may be, the their ability to cloak themselves amongst uh, the Yamnaya tribe, the Corded Ware tribe, uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, uh, their um, affinity to uh, banking and academia and media is going to propel them to the top. Um, whereas whites um, have, or, or, or the Yamnaya tribe have chosen other means of, um, let's call it entertainment. Let's call it entertainment. Let's call it culture. Okay. So Linda Yaccarino, free speech, especially for Jews. Black people are like, you can't call me anti-Semite because... Oh, the other thing is they're going to say we're the, the original anti-Semites. Da, 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 right? Let's go to the next video. Hold on. Let me check on the chat, too. Hold on. Let me see what the chat is talking about. Uh... She works in a hospital. Um... I don't think these people understand how much money their orgs got from Jewish orgs and how much that's going to hurt them if they uh, bite the hand. And that's the thing. Like, you can't just say the Jews because you got some Jews who do good things and you got some that do bad things. Um, but Jews, Jews push everything like everything. Every that's why I say you can't decouple the United States from Israel, because without Jews, you don't have Europe. Um Everything that's good or bad has come from Jews. The majority, you know, like when white people take, you know, credit for the society they've created, they've got to give that credit partially to Jews. Uh, Jews created the modern financial banking system. Jews created um, academia. Jews um, uh, ha have pushed forward in, in as far as uh, pharmaceuticals and, and medicine. Um, uh, the, pushed uh, as far as law is concerned, both on the good and bad side. You know, when you think about um, who exposed, like, so for example, they say Jews run the banking industry, right? Okay, cool. Let's say that's true. Well, who exposed the banking industry? A Jew. <laughs> a Jew. Murray Rothbard literally made a career off of exposing the banking industry, I mean, wrote just great volumes of work from Murray Rothbard. So you 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 can't throw the ba baby away with the bathwater because then you'd be left with nothing, which may be good. I don't know. Anyway, let's go to the next tape. Another example of base left. Uncle Hotep posted this. Let's go to the tape. This is from a Twitter space in regard to Palestinian children. Um, uh, what do you got to say here? Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. This is going to be pretty graphic. So listen. Uh, 
saying, what, what, what I'm saying is if a five-year-old is in that building and there's some terrorists in that building, you'll buy a five-year-old. That's what I'm saying. I, I got to say I don't agree with anything this dude is about to say. However, it is highly based and entertaining. <laughs> Goodbye, five-year-old. You know, they can breed more. That's what I'm saying. If, if they're in the building with terrorists, okay, most likely they are going to be future terrorists. That is Terrace Jr. and Terrace Sr. Or Terrace third, the third sitting in that motherfucking building. They are all going to meet their maker. Period. Point motherfucking blank. So uh, you can save all that bullshit you talking about. Right I sound all good and rosy and shit. You know, I'm liberal as hell, but I ain't getting that, that, that damn liberal. <laughs> You heard what he said? I'm liberal as hell, but I ain't that damn liberal. This episode is called The Based Left. And, and it's why I was saying it goes to yesterday. Like, it comes to a certain point where on certain issues, people are going to fray. They're going to go their own way. Okay? And that's why we really got to drop calling ourselves these things like liberal. Because with liberal means you support certain things. And if you're conservative, it means you support... You gotta drop all of that shit, man. Let's just go issue by issue. If we're, if we're, you know, Rob said something the other night about, um, I think it was people in the street, was it Hamas people protesting? What was it, Rob? You said they were out in the road. You saw them out in the road. There, there was like, what, a thousand of them? What was it, Rob? Marching down the road. You, you are a living, breathing black tears. <laughs> no. <laughs> Is Rob still here? Oh, Rob's gone. Okay. Um, well, like I said, Man, take them the hell out. You're, you're, you're playing games here. I don't give a fuck if, if there's like six kids in that house and two motherfucking terrorists, okay? If, that, if those terrorists are high level enough, goodbye to terrorists. That's what it is. It's, I'm not killing kids. I'm not killing kids. I'm killing collateral damage, Okay. And, and I'm not advocating for killing kids. I, I, I love kids. I love children. I, I, I cry for children. But there's a greater good. All right? I'm not going to let those people go out and kill a whole bunch of other people because we're like, let's think about the kids and their dreams. Fuck their dreams. Let's think about the nightmares, okay, that they're going to cause those families, okay? We're going to cause those families by not eradicating the fucking problem. Matter of fact, the only thing we're doing is we're not just fucking cutting the weed, we're fucking pulling it from the root, all right? Because that whole fucking stem, that whole fucking weed, okay, will not ever grow again because the root is went down with the fucking weed itself. That's where I'm at. I yield. The base left. Uh, Again, the black man saving America one word at a time. I wish I, I they had the longer clip, you know, because I don't even know how the white people in here want to respond to that. I don't even know how these women, these people in this chat respond to that, but I would love to hear how they responded. That, that would be hilarious. This Laura Luma in a Negro's body said this dude sound like AJ. Listen, I ain't saying I agree, but uh, ha <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying I agree, but let freedom ring. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Robert Jones said, I haven't heard many people talk about the Boeing door plugs being purchased from a company that skipped on many safety QA checks. 
Really? 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 Yeah, I've seen people argue about a bunch of different things online. You know, um, Candace Owens is like, I'm doing some investigative journalism on, you know, is Nikki Haley black or not? Here it is right here. I'm going to show you all this. Just just a you know, couple of remnants. Today on the show, I investigate Nikki Haley's claim that she suffered Jim Crow-like segregation at a beauty pageant in her youth because she was brown. And uh, I respond to that by saying, um, you know, uh, the hard hitting investigative journalism like this is this is what we do in our time. The other thing people are uh, occupying themselves with is Fannie Willis. She is banging a prosecutor in the Trump case. Just absolutely messy. Anyway, let's go to something more edifying than um, these topics. Uh, shout out to Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma is set to remove the CBDC uh, from the definition of money. Uh, that bill will be updated in uh, my locals, hotepjesus.locals.com. And um, the Bank of International Settlements is moving forward with Project Aurum. Let's go ahead and look up Project Aurum. Um, hold on. Um, and it says here, uh, oh yeah, they're working on privacy for, um, retail payments, right? So the question is, the question you always have to ask with privacy on a CBDC is, um, is, um, who, who can see, right? Cause let's say privacy, meaning I can't see, you know, Goldstein's transactions or I can't see strong dash transactions, but, and strong that can't see mine, but the Federal Reserve can't, right? The central bank can. So it says Project Arm is the first prototype of a central bank digital currency to reach its final stage. Okay. It's according to Google. I don't know if that's correct or not. It says its uh, unique features condense the retail and wholesale CBDCs with e-wallets and incorporate both the directly intermediate tokens, intermediated tokens and stable coins backed by WCBDCs issued by commercial banks. So basically this is WorldCoin. Um, and you see right here, uh, one of the questions that pops up with this is, um, is the world going to digital currency? Uh, but this uh, project, Aurum uh, uh, situation is, um, let me see if we can get some more details here. Um, yeah, Hong Kong is involved in this. Yeah, dot, dot, wholesale. You know, for me, it's like, um, how do they, how does the Bank of International Settlement stay relevant and um, basically being an intermediary between central banks is what it looks like here. And that one is called uh, Project Harm. We'll have to dive into a little bit more um, when I get the interest, but. I've done so much CBDC digging that I pretty much know what's happening. And if I dig any further, all I'm going to do is affirm biases. Um, anyway, let's go to the phone lines. Text hold up your name at 202-596-5631. Text hold up your name at 202-596-5631. And we'll be right back after this short brief commercial break. 